This is the Refuge Project, and we're back. We missed another week. We back. said we was going to be like on top of it this year, and then the city froze. Oh yeah, I was going to say I was like, why did we? Yeah, you got I was going to blame it on you. Whatever. It, <laughs> <laughs> it got down to thirty degrees, so we decided to shut the city down. Yeah, I mean that's how we roll, you know, <laughs> in this trop, this this beautiful tropical city that we live in, in you know Houston, Texas. Is that what you call our climate? What is it? Uh, hot and wet. It's <laughs> there's a word for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. think it's tropical. Humid is the word. It, it is human. Very human. And then we don't do cold. No, no. Yeah. Cold. Well, as a as a city, we don't do cold. Nothing's nothing's uh, set up for it. My cousin lives in Nebraska. They get down like negative thirty. Yeah, but they're you. They're they're they infrastructure you know, made for that. They just call the you know the school in an hour late. You uh, know. Yeah, yeah. Cut the roads with the, you know, with their cars. That's what I'm saying. There, they're going to have people, like, throwing salt on the street. They're going to have snow plows taking care of it. We got nothing. We live in Mount Mount Bellevue. Everybody lives within a a mile of the school. Oh, yeah. And still shut it down. They shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut it down. Hey. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, so that's why you didn't get your second half of your podcast last week. Had a bunch of roads shut but down. But we do stuff. got to, you know, the man in the building That's again right. today. Where's, where's my class? Pastor Ron. <laughs> Here it is. He is back. He, he didn't freeze. He didn't freeze. <laughs> he is back. But, uh, yeah, so we all made it through. No busted pipes anywhere? No. No busted pipes. No busted pipes. Thank good. God. Yeah. No more. Well, I had another situation, but I don't want to go into all of that. <laughs> he did have some busted pipes, not freeze related. Not because they froze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but anyway, yeah. that's another whole story. Okay, so last, the, we're going to just jump right in because, uh, hey, listen, you know, lunch is important around here. That's you know what exactly I mean? exactly right. And uh, we, have to, we have timelines and, 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 and wives waiting on us. So My we wife have to, will be in the parking lot in one hour. So we're going to have to <laughs> we'll do it. Let's get go. this thing accomplished. So, so uh, two weeks ago, we started talking about church growth and what it takes um, uh, for church growth or what Pastor Ron did for church growth growing uh, our church from around 50 people uh, up until its highest, probably 700-ish, something like that. Yeah, on a regular basis, yeah. O- on a regular basis. Yes. And then and we had, you know, of course we had the, uh, you know, certain events that we had that would bring in 1,500 or whatever, 1,000, whatever it may be, uh, consistently at times. Uh, so he knows a little bit of things. He's been around, he's been around a while. Uh, so... Uh, that's kind of where we went, and then we we stopped off, and you had what five things that you wanted. If you didn't hear this, go back go back one uh, episode yeah. and catch the first one, and then come back to this one. Yeah, um, and then I think you had five things that you wanted to talk about before uh, we close this thing out. Well, I don't know if we talked about this or not last time, but uh, you know, most churches in America. Hundred hundred people or less, right? And, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, thank God for all the churches and things. But people say, "Boy, I want to grow." Well, there's certain things you have to do if a church is going to grow. First of all, if a church will seat a hundred people, let's say, you get eighty people there, uh, it's full. You're not going to have a hundred people. In a sanctuary that seats a hundred people, 
uh, 80 people in that sanctuary be full. Yeah, because everybody doesn't bathe well. I mean, you know, you know, so you don't, don't want to be stacked on top of each other. Sit shoulder to shoulder and thing. Now it's a special event tonight, but on a regular basis anymore. Right. Yeah. And people might not realize it, but it's not just the size of the sanctuary; it's the size of the the parking lot. Right. If the same thing is there. If the parking lot is eighty percent full, it's full. So you might say that. Uh, you want your church to grow, but if you're 80% full, uh, you're going to have to do something to make it grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we did years ago was uh, we went to two services, and that helped because you got the same, you've got the uh, same facilities, but if you use it twice, you can get you know, supposedly twice as many people in there. So, uh, you know, you got to first of all want to grow. You got to feel like God wants you to grow. If you're living in a place where you're just happy with the, the people you have, and then uh, there's nothing wrong with that. People need a church that they can go to and have the fellowship and hear the word and and all of those things. Can, can the pastor want it to grow by himself? Well, he's got to set the tone. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. If the pastor doesn't want to grow, the church is not going to grow. If he's not willing to to do the things that uh, you have to do uh, to have a bigger church, then then the church is not going to grow. I, I remember uh, our church. Like you said, it started with about 50 when I was here. Of course, the church had lost a lot of people. I mean, at one time, it was at least 150, maybe 200 people. But a lot of them had left and so forth and so on. So when I became the pastor, I felt like God really had told me the church was to grow. Give me a vision of a church that was a lot larger than what we had. And the church did start to grow. And uh, we had about mm, 150 people coming. And that included the the children's church and the nursery and everybody. But it was full. The, the, the facility we had was, was full. So I decided we, we wanted to grow. Let's, how are we going to do it? So we went to two services. And we actually grew to uh, a couple of hundred, 250. Now we're full in two services. And God was moving, and people were excited about coming to church and so forth. But let me say one more thing about church growth. For every hundred people you have in the church, you got to have a full-time staff person. One, one pastor can only be effective with about 100 members in the church. If he needs, if he wants more people, he's got to get some more <coughs> staff people. And you have to have leaders in the church. For every pastor, you need about 15 to 20 leaders. Mm-hmm. So if you have 100 people coming to your church, then you need about 15 to 20 people in leadership in the church. And I, I'm talking about you're going to have to have 
uh, you know, a worship leader. You're going to have to have somebody taking care of the nursery. You're going to have to have ushers. You're going to have to have, and, and each one of those leaders are going to have to peop, have people on their team uh, to to help. So uh, that's something important to understand. You can pray for a lot of people, but you, you're not going to do it by yourself. You got to have help. It's kind of like. Moses and Moses was trying to do it all himself, and God said, "You can't do it all yourself. You're going to have to appoint some people to to help you." Yeah. So let's just say, uh, I believe God wants us to have a church of a thousand. Well, if you're going to have a church of a thousand, or you're going to have to have a an auditorium that'll seat a thousand, and you're going to have to have a a staff of 10, 15 people, you're going to have to have all sorts of people in leadership. So, Let me ask you a question. How do you balance that out? Like, you don't have the people yet, but you need the people. You need to hire, but you don't You don't have the money until you have the people. How do you kind of balance that out? <laughs> Only God can, can help you do that. Uh, in my case, I felt like... Uh, you have to have something, a quality ministry in each age group. I call it something of excellence. Mm-hmm. And we had a little uh, saying that we put on all the the correspondence that we had, uh, a family-oriented church. Because I've, I felt like if, if uh, you know, a person, new couple coming to our church, if they had babies... Well, they're going to look for the nursery. Yeah. If they had children in elementary school, they're going to look for the children's church. If they have young people, they're going to look for, uh, you know, a youth group. Uh, it's just the way it is. You're, you're, and that's hard. That's hard to get started. Yeah. <laughs> because if you only have fifty people in your church to start with, how are you going to have a big youth group and a big children's church and all of that? But you have to start. Right. You have to start. So you start with volunteers, and as soon as you can put a person on the payroll, it, it doesn't matter if you just pay them $100 a month or something, but they feel like I'm part of the staff here. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. We First of all, we had a, a secretary. you got to have a secretary, and, and then... Uh, we we had a lady volunteered to be the children's pastor. Well, before that, we we didn't have a a nursery worker. You know, all the mamas just went to the nursery and yeah. sat there during the service. But as soon as you can, you start getting somebody on the payroll that uh, will do that. And then people come. Well, we have something for children. We have something for young people and so forth. But church growth is not automatic. There's things you have to do. If you have a hundred, and and you want to have two hundred, you got to make some changes. Yeah, and uh, you have to have a plan uh, to grow, and you have to have volunteers that'll do the work that's uh, necessary for growth. And you got to be willing to change. And uh, you know, the structure you have for a hundred won't work for. Uh, 200 or 300 uh, takes a lot. 
you know, I found this out. It takes a lot of new people just to maintain the attendance that you have. Yeah. Would you say a 30% turnover every three years? I think it was every I, year. I think it's uh, probably more than that. But, wow. But at least that. Let's say if you had uh, 100 people in your church, you'd have to have 30 new members every year to, to just maintain 100. the 100. Wow. Uh, in, in my experience. That's so 30% a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know what's going on. My throat is... <laughs> He's running the around the room, <laughs> coughing all over the place. He's so, anyway, uh, we got to about 250 people, and, and we needed... We weren't going to grow anymore. We didn't have parking space for any more than that or building space for any more than that. And I, I got to pray, and God, uh, we want to have 500 people in our church. And I remember God says, well, wait a minute, you you can't handle 500 people. You don't have the room for 500 people. You're going to have to uh, build a bigger building and all of that stuff. You're going to have to have more money. I got to thinking about it. If somebody were to give me a big building, back then Lakewood was, well, of course, Lakewood is biggest church in America now, but back then it was the biggest church around. And I just got to thinking, if they would give me that building, I couldn't, I couldn't support it. Right. You know, just a, just the light bill would be more than money that's coming in and, and tithe in our church. So you, you can't just say I need a big building. And by the way, just a big building will not automatically make your church grow. It just won't. So. You have to uh, start with what you have. My my philosophy was always, uh, if we could fill the church up twice on Sunday morning, then it would be, uh, the people would get excited about giving to, to build a bigger building. And that's uh, that's pretty much what happened in our church. Uh, we filled it up twice. We started a, a building fund and People were willing to give. It, it was amazing. Uh, if people don't see a need to give, they're probably not going to give. So, well, we don't need a bigger church. We ain't filled this one up. Yeah. yeah that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I started uh, doing all sorts of things, trying to raise some money to, to uh, build a new church. I remember going over to Sagemont Church. Dr. John Morgan was a pastor over there, and boy, that guy knew how to raise money. And he told me about something they did, about uh, giving everybody a dollar and telling them to try to multiply it, like, you know, the, the story of the talents in the Bible. Well, my wife and I decided we'd give everybody $5 because for taller it didn't go very far, but it still don't. But anyway, we gave everybody that was willing to to participate in this thing. We gave everybody five dollars, and and it was amazing the what people did to try to multiply all of that. Uh, and you know, but you talked about that list of things that I said you don't have to 
deal with to cause a church to grow. Let me let me give you that list. First of all, I said uh, it takes money. It takes money. You got to have people that are willing to buy into that vision that you have, and it takes money. We hosted a lot of special events and so forth. Uh, takes money to host those special events. Uh, takes money to hire staff members. Takes money to have a good youth program, good children's program. Uh, one of the things we started way back before we built this building was we started a pastor's convocation. And that takes money because we decided we'd pay for their hotel room. Well, back then, I went down here to uh, the Roadway Inn, and they said they'd give us the rooms for $25 a night. Now, you tell that's 35 years ago. Yeah. $25 a night. So I got to think, well, we don't have $25 a night. you got to understand, we, we're still in the little building. And, and so I decided, well... Let's see if we could get people to sponsor a missionary, a pastor, and that'd be a hundred dollars. So if you sponsored a, a pastor and you gave a hundred dollars, we could pay for their motel room for four nights. Well, that kind of breaks it down. People say, "Well, hmm, I think I can come up with a hundred dollars." And so that first year, we had. I don't know, eight, ten pastors that came up. That was it. But we had that many people sponsored. So God got a way to to provide what you need if people are willing to do it. Uh, and, you know, that has grown through the years. As some years we've had as many as 300 guests here, yeah. people sponsoring them and so forth. Uh, but it takes money, and, and you got to – feel like I, I've always said if if God uh, leads you to do something and you know it's God he's going to provide for it right he's going to provide for it but you gotta you gotta give people a, a way to do it and that's the way we did on the convocation I, one year this, the expenses for the convocation was over sixty thousand dollars wow but the money came in. I remember one year uh, we didn't have all the money, and I was worried about it. And that was that miracle offering we had that time. People taking off rings and jewelry oh, and goodness, all kinds uh, of stuff. Uh, one of the guys that was here pastored a little bitty church up somewhere in East Texas. He said, God wouldn't let me sleep last night. Mm. And he told me that we were to take an offering, and if, if you gave him that offering, he was going to bless you and so forth. And I'm telling you, I, I think twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 came in that offering, which was just amazing. I gave th- I wrote three checks that night. You did? I yeah. Did. And we, we didn't have the money. I wrote our, our rent yeah. check. It, it just, if God is doing it, I mean, you yeah. know, well, you I was, couldn't I was, do that. Oh, if, if God wasn't in that, you'd never... Yeah, we were. Sandra it. and I were young and married, and yeah. she was just like, "We don't have the money." I said, "God was telling me," and she said, 
I hope it's God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we never missed the we never missed the bill. You know. I yeah. know that's true. <laughs> I did the same thing. I I gave everything it was I had in my billfold, which wasn't a whole lot, but it it was a whole lot to me. Then I went and got my checkbook. <laughs> but you know, and and God was was faithful. I never heard anybody say, Well, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. Everybody said, you know, it was just a miracle. God blessed me for doing it. But it takes money. And if you're going to grow, uh, it's just like when we came from the little church across the street into this building. I mean, the light bill was three times as much and and, and everything else. I mean, uh, you, you have to have somebody, a uh, custodian, uh, a building superintendent, we'd call it, You've got to have all of those things to, if you're you're going to grow. And you say, well, where's that money come from? We got to have more people. <laughs> you got to have more people. So you got to have money for growth, and it takes a willingness to change in order to grow. Famous last words are, "We've never done it that way before." <laughs> and uh, you know the old saying is if you always do what you've always done you always get what you've always got and that's what happens to most churches they don't want to change uh it's it's a different structure if you're going to have more people uh and and also what worked 20 years ago won't necessarily work today i could tell you what we did but it might not work today I mean, society changes. Young people change. Boy, do I know that. I mean, you just showed me a little bitty thing that you're recording this session on. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's it's smaller than a dime. Yeah. And uh, and somehow or another, you've got to change, uh, you know, the methods that you use, but you... Methods and, tra- methods and strategies will always change, but the word will stay the, the same. The message has to be the same. Yeah. The message has to be the same. But, you know, there has to be change, and change is difficult, especially for old people. Right. Music has to change. Boy, that's hard for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like the old hymns. I like the old. But uh, young people, shoot. <laughs> they, they wouldn't want to want to listen to the music I love. What's it, what was your cousin or cousin-in-law that, that preached the message about uh, the the blood of the lamb and the snake? Oh yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Rex, Rex Rex Johnson. Rex Johnson. I remember him. The Lord just you know getting all over him one day. He's sitting there getting ready to preach, and he's you know in his mind he's complaining about the. <laughs> The worship and all this music, and then yeah. God told him to turn around. You turn around, and his whole church is crying yep. and worshiping, yeah. and and yeah. he was just like, "Forgive me, Lord. You know, it's not just about you know, it's not about me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that that is ex- absolutely true. Uh, but let me tell you how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad what we're doing here uh, at our church uh, right now is we're having a kind of a, like a traditional service yeah. uh, where we sing some of the older courses and we always sing a hymn and things. And for me, that's worship. I mean, I can really worship that way. And 
I think people, of course, now I say in my age, my God, there's nobody my age anymore. I'm the oldest guy in the church except for my brother. <laughs> but older people, let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, I think they enjoy songs that they yeah, for know, sure. they understand. Yeah. But I also understand that, you know, you're going to have to have newer music and and, that, and I think that's that's important when we talk about church growth is that you have to move forward, but you can't leave behind. Yeah, and you can't leave behind the cornerstones, and yep. that's what the, the, the that older crowd is. They are the cornerstones of the church, and yeah. you have to move forward, but you can't leave behind. You need everybody. Yeah, yeah. you really need everybody. Uh, older people. Uh, let's just face it, most. They're the ones that give a lot of money to right. support things. The younger people have to teach him to, to do that, too, because that's a blessing to give. But uh, we need everybody. You can't just say, well, them old folks, we don't need them. Uh, so I think what we're doing is a good, uh, a good you know, thing to do because we have an early service where they uh, we sing songs that us older folks like to sing and really worship. I don't think young people understand that, uh, you know, you can't worship singing songs you don't know and, and, and you know, things like that. Uh, we really, I want to worship, and I, I love those songs. That, that Now, that's not to say some of the good, the new songs are not good, you know, and I, I learned. But that's the ones they know. Yeah, you know what I mean. The that's ones the ones they're listening yeah. to on the radio and yeah. that, that type of thing. So, so it works I mean, both it, ways. It's all important. Yeah, but I also, it, just in my humble opinion, I think in, in uh, even in the contemporary service, you, you ought to sing some a few choruses that are more familiar. No, trying to sing new ones every right. every week, you know. Yeah, but. Uh, it's just that you got to be willing to change if you're going to grow, okay? And uh, then if if you're going to grow, it takes work. It takes hard work. You're going to have to make a commitment for growth. Uh, and that involves sacrifice. It means continue to grow when things get tough. It's kind of easy to start something, but it's not too easy to see it through. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about my son-in-law the other day in the leadership meeting. My son-in-law, is, his name is Greg. He's married to my daughter, Renee. They moved to Centerville years and years ago. They didn't have a church there. They started a little church in a storefront there on the, on the square, Centerville. The church began to grow, and and uh, they needed to build a building. My my son-in-law's a builder, so he decided, well, let's just build it. We can build it ourselves. I'll kind of be the foreman of the job. So when they started, they had a whole bunch of volunteers. Well, help you, boy. We'll be there every every Saturday and Sunday and weekday that we can come and. It went real well for a while, and then people started dropping out, dropping out when it started taking a year and more than a year. And and, uh, finally, it was just a handful of guys that was trying to 
finish the job. But that's kind of the way it is with, with anything you start. Uh, just try to have a work day around here, you know, and uh, maybe the first week they can do it, but if you need to do it several weeks in a row, uh, a lot of people will drop out. So that takes a commitment. If you're going to grow, it takes a, a commitment. Uh, and, you know, uh, we're talking about what it takes for church growth. That's, that's just the way it is. We try to do a lot of the work around here ourselves when we build this building. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know what they were doing. I got some pictures with me up trying to put up sheetrock and tape and float it, you know. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> then we got to, we we had a a ministry for drug addicts. And, and uh, we got them, they hired them to put up the sheetrock and stuff. My goodness, you talk about a mess. It was... <laughs> Finally, drug, you, drug addicts yeah. doing she right. <laughs> You're telling me drug addicts aren't good at dry raw? They can't even stay dry themselves. Oh, wait. <laughs> that went hand in hand. Oh, my goodness. It was a mess. <laughs> and finally, we decided well, that's one thing we're going to have to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. It's a skill. <laughs> Same thing with the painting. But anyway, I've never seen so much. Uh, Mud, you know. Uh, I mean, we got it by the truckloads to try to fill in all the cracks and (laughs) (laughs) cover up all the things that we did wrong. But, hey, we did a lot of things right, too, you know, and and, and it was fun, really, because uh, you just feel like uh, take ownership of of the building. You know, I look around here and see a lot of things that I did and all of us did together. I remember my mama... We uh, we put in a lot of fluorescent lights. You didn't try to kill her with these lights, did you? <laughs> <laughs> put in a lot of fluorescent lights, <laughs> and uh, we we found some in some building they were tearing down downtown. I mean, a truckload of those things, but they were they had rusty. And, you know, some of the balances needed to be changed. Like anyway, I put my mama in charge of that. <laughs> And she was refurbishing all of those old old lights. They're still in our in our, in our uh, sanctuary. We never hardly use them anymore, but they're all up there. But everybody had a job to do, and it, it was uh, I could tell you all those stories. But for the people that were involved in that, I feel like uh, boy, this is uh, this is my church. You know, yeah. I did this. Uh, I remember. Uh, trying to get the money. As a matter of fact, I think we talked about that last time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you if you don't have any skin in the game, so to speak, it don't matter much. But we uh, sold bonds, church bonds. I didn't know anything about church bonds. The bank wouldn't lend us any money. And so I, I heard somebody talking about church bonds, and I, I ended up, uh, contact in a church bond company and they sent a fellow out here to talk to me about it and it sounded good to me and I couldn't you know I, I just couldn't believe people we needed a million dollars and he said boy you're gonna have to 
we're going to have to have a big uh, banquet and invite the whole community in and tell them what you, you know, the bonds you have and try to sell them. And I thought, well, that's what we'll have to do. But I'm telling you, we sold all those bonds on a Wednesday night. There were people in our church, old ladies, retired people. And back then, a bank wouldn't pay in any kind of interest. And the bonds, we we started 6% and went to 9%. 6% is good. Wow. And people. It's a guarantee. People came. And they wanted these bonds. And I mean, I remember I a couple of, couple, of ladies, <laughs> couple of ladies. Uh, they, one lady bought $150,000 worth of church bonds. Yeah. Another lady, two. Yeah. Another lady bought 100000 Well, I, I never thought anybody got $100,000. <laughs> Most I ever had was 10000 in the bank. Mm. But uh, that's exactly what happened. It was amazing. Wow. And we sold all those bonds. And, you know, I made a commitment. I said, well, I'm I'm going to be here until we pay all these people. Oh, that's their life savings they were putting mm-hmm. in, the, in the church bonds. And, of course, other people were buying smaller amounts. But it was amazing what God did with the church bonds. Um. I don't know. It takes time for growth. You can't do it just overnight. You have to. You have to do all these things to make the church grow. Uh, you know, not gonna, not gonna happen. And just to sustain it, even right now, you know, we've gone through a a season with this COVID. A lot of people dropping out of church, finances go down, and uh, boy, just to sustain things, it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of a lot of growth, and it has to be people. People have to understand it takes tithers to sustain a church. I don't care who you are; that's God's plan. God's plan is for people to tithe. And it's a win-win situation because he promises if you'll give him the first 10%, he'll multiply the rest. I'm 82 years old. I started that when I was a a kid. Remember the first time I gave my tithe, I had mowed my Aunt Daisy's one acre of land with a push mower. Good Lord. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And uh, she gave me five dollars. Five dollars. He said five dollars, y'all. Five dollars. That was a lot of money back then. I bet your kids couldn't do that, Dave. Mama, Mama. I know. My kids don't even know what a lawnmower is. I've heard about their lawnmowing skills. My mama said. uh, I had a dollar in gas, and he made four dollars. Then gas didn't cost a dollar, man. It cost about twenty cents a gallon. (laughs) But. uh, Anyway, my mama said, 50 cents of that is your tithe. Give that. And that was my first tithe, and I've been tithing ever since. And God's been faithful. Yeah. I mean, God's been faithful. So you got to have people that are willing to give. 
I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you about church growth except, you know, you got to have a vision, and uh, you got to want to grow. Got to be willing to sacrifice to grow. People have to buy into it. So when you talk about a vision, yeah. Um, how do you sell that to your to your people? You know, we we have these, you know, campaigns that we go on, right? Do people get tired of hearing it? Do you hit it every week? Uh, do you hit it once a month when you're in the middle of your campaigns? How do you how do you put it out there without people going, "Oh, here he goes again"? Yeah. Or is it, is it important just to talk about it every week? Boy, you're asking me all these questions. I don't have the I don't have the answer to all of that. I I know it has to be God. Uh, gee, you know, if a church is growing and people are getting saved and people are excited about coming to church and things, uh, you know, you have a vision and and you just say, hey, uh, we need to do this and see if. And and God'll put it in the hearts of people to help you. You know. If if people are not willing to help you, then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> did God call you or did God want you to do that? You know, and this, this day and age is like, you know, from the schools raising money, right? Yeah. And they're sending text messages out every week. Hey, don't forget about, you know, the, oh, the yeah. Eagles versus cancer and yeah. You know, raising this money and raising this money. But the first time the church sends us something out, yeah. they're like, oh, my gosh, the church is asking for money again. <laughs> yeah. But you done gave, you know, a hundred and some dollars to yeah. the, the school every week for something that they're doing, you yeah. know. Yeah. So uh, I think that the, we got to find a balance when the church asks for money because there's so much other things that are in competition for for money right now. Everybody's raising the money. Everybody has a 5013C. Everybody, you know, is trying to get a little bit of money out of your pocket. Yeah. Um, so just to keep that vision aware, we got to find a balance to make sure it's staying at, you know, at the top of, of our, uh, you know, of our brain. Yeah. It's tough right now. It's tough on a lot of people. And, uh, we got to understand that. But at the same time, uh, God makes a way. It, you know, if you'll just say, Lord, I, I want to be a blessing here. I want to help this. And if you'll give me some uh, a way to do it. And, and it's amazing how God does that. If God's in the thing that, that you're trying to raise the money for. Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. I remember when we were trying to raise money to, to build the building here. And uh, I didn't have any extra money. And I, I said, God, if you'll help me, just give me some extra jobs to work or, or uh, well, not, not here. That was it. Another that. When I came as a pastor here, I quit all those other ex- part-time jobs I had, and I had a bunch of them. But I remember here, I said, God, uh, I, I will give if any extra money comes in. If people, if people give me money for doing a wedding, I'll give you that. If people give me money for doing a, a funeral, I'll, I'll do that. If I get a, a chance to preach somewhere else and they give me an offering, I'll give you that. And it was amazing how much uh, money that that I was able to raise because God just opened those doors for me. 
And I've always uh, believed that that's that's the way God works. When I was working, uh, you know, extra jobs, and I had three or four of them all the time, and and I needed some extra money. <clears throat> if the church was trying to raise money and I felt like I needed to give, uh, God would always open up, a, you know, an extra shift for me to work or do something where I could get extra money to, to give. you got to be willing to do that sort of thing. And I believe he'll do that for people. <laughs> I remember, well, I might have said that last week. I don't remember, but uh, there was a fellow that, Worked at Reed Roller bit with my with my daddy. Did I tell you about that? Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, his name was George Smith, and uh, he went to this church. He got saved in this church and so forth. But he was he was uh, going to another church. He's a member of another church. And at that time, I was uh, the foreman at at the Houston Chronicle on Saturday nights, and I I was able to hire uh, people to help with that. And uh, I don't know, they made $50, $60 for working on Saturday night. I hired a bunch of kids from the school. But this was an older fella, and the church had uh, started a building program. And he wanted to be able to give to the building program. And so he came to me and said, I, I hear you can hire people at the Chronicles to work on Saturday night. And I said, yeah, if you want to do it, it's just hard work. It's just not, yeah. He said, well, I want to do it because I made a pledge to pledge so much to the building program at my church. And, and I want to, that's the only way I know to get some extra money to do it. And he worked for me for about at least a year and a half or so. And all the money he made at the Chronicle, he, he gave to the building program. Wow. So God's able to do it if people are willing uh, to do the, what what has to be done. See, that's one of the things that, that upsets me, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Or just yeah. I don't understand is, like, you see this next generation. And this next generation has a lot to fight, fight with because, yeah. you know, the TV shows us that we have to look a certain way, that we have to wear the certain clothes, and yeah. and and you have people that are wearing designer shoes that cost, yeah. you know, at retail they're one hundred and fifty dollars, and if you don't get them then, then they're three hundred bucks. And then they turn around and say, "Well, I can't afford to give to the church." Yeah. Well, you mean you got you know if you resold those tennis shoes right now, you get four hundred fifty dollars for them. Yeah. You know. Um, and I'm not saying nothing bad about the tennis shoes because I wear them. Yeah, yeah. But I pay my ties too. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> you know, before I buy my tennis yeah, shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I know that this this next generation is there's a lot to compete with. You know, um, how how do you how do you talk to that next generation? And and I I know that the generation that you talked to was had something else before than what we have. But um, is it just something that we? I know, brother Osteen. Uh, senior, uh, he talked about tithing for 360 days uh, through, through uh, yeah. a whole year. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. 52 weeks. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you just have to teach people what the Bible says, and if you believe it or not. Yeah, because uh, it's it's not diff- it's not easy for people to give 
uh, 10% of what they're making when it takes everything they're making to pay the bills. It's just not easy. Uh, but I have found, and I think everybody else uh, has found that God's word's true. If you do that, he'll make a way. <laughs> and it's not always, man, that you have a lot of money. I, I'm telling you, well, I will talk about my situation. God bless me abundantly. But, We've all been poor at one time or another. But, but uh, I'm still all right. even even <laughs> even right now, you know, we're trying to give to the convocation. This this year, it's four hundred dollars to support somebody, and four hundred dollars is is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, only way I can do it is if God helps me in that now, or I get something out of my savings, my retirement fun i'm hesitant to do that right but i don't have the money coming in right now where i can pay four hundred dollars i really don't Mm -hmm. so but i'm trusting god (laughs) and uh and i know that he'll bless me for doing it but it's not easy is what i'm saying and for young people i know it's it's got to be really tough it was tough for for me to do that when i was growing up matter of fact (laughs) I remember one time, way back at Houston Gospel Tabernacle, I was leading the singing and stuff, and I had, I was, I just wouldn't, didn't have much money, had a couple of little kids, not much money, and I was complaining about it. One of the old ladies come up to me after church, she gave me some money and said, you, you buy, I said something about, boy, I got to buy my, my kids some milk and, uh, and she gave me somebody and said you buy those little kids some milk I'm like, <laughs> and uh, God kind of uh, he convicted me about that I could buy those kids some milk you know mm-hmm. but but it's been tough it, it's not always easy you know I remember when I was a kid people delivering groceries to our, our doorstep you know yeah yeah, uh, so it, it's not always been easy. I mean, we we talk about my truck being too big, but listen, I, <laughs> I remember where I came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nobody gave it to you. No. 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 You're working, working for it, and, and that's the way it's always been for me. Uh, I've been willing to work, you know, but God's been good. Anyway. James, you got any questions? I don't have any questions. <laughs> Man, I must have done a good job. You did. You went over all of it. <laughs> yeah. So. So let me ask this question. And did y'all ever get in the position where, like, you you had a goal, right? And then, you know, expectations are not quite hitting that goal. And how do you how do you how do you maintain the excitement when, you know, the 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 excitement's kind of less than what's coming in, you know? I've been there a lot of times. (laughs) A lot of times. You know, God never gives you, I found this out, he he never gives you enough that you don't have to trust him. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you have to trust him all the time. I mean, I've been here long enough to know that God always comes through. Uh, I remember... Uh, years ago, we, boy, we needed to refurbish the parking lot at the Children's Church in the youth building over there. And it was going to cost over a little over $100,000 to do it. And I, we did not have 100000 And uh, 
so anyway, I just praying about it. God, we need to do this. We don't have the money. And one day, uh, Lindy Hall, he used to be one of our elders here. I was in New York with Stacy. His kids were up there. I don't know how we were in New York, but I remember we were there. He used to take a choir up there singing New York. And uh, I got a phone call from Lindy Hall. I said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. said, but a fella gave a tithe of $120,000 today. Man, you could hear me from New York shouting, (laughs) God, that's fantastic. And uh, he had been hurt in one of these refineries, a BP refinery out there, got hurt and got a a million. They're going to fall off something. uh, Over (laughs) a million dollars, you know, in in, – compensation for that and he gave his time and and it just showed me god you can do it yeah you can do it i mean i i I don't know but you did it but the next week we still needed everybody to give right because it don't just come in like god's gonna give me oh we're gonna win the lottery and we're gonna have a billion dollars and Mm -hmm. and we won't have to worry about it anymore that's not the way god works yeah it's yeah. every week. I used to get so me. frustrated because, uh, you know, some I would get a little bit of money and then a bill would come yeah, down and be like, yeah. ah. Yeah. But then I realized. That's why you got the money. That's why I got the money. God is yeah. giving me the money to, to yeah. take care of those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought I was trying to get ahead, but God's just providing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And that's what he does. And, and we got to be, you know, got to be wise about our money. We can't just blow it all all the time, but. But God meets our needs, and then He gives us a little to also, just some milk for our kids every once in a while. No, I, I, you know, it's just amazing how God has blessed me. I, I've really been in a lot of different places in the world. You know, I've been to Israel for six times, and and uh, God has just well. The first time I went, I went with my cousin Jabo. And he had a deal if if a pastor would go, uh, we could go for $300. And if your wife went, it was another $700. For $1,000, me and Janet went. Now it's like uh, $3,000. Oh, a piece. Yeah, Yeah, at least. But but I went to Israel, and and the $1,000, I I was at, first assembly there at that time and I told those people uh, you know I had this opportunity to go and uh, they took an offering and gave us a thousand dollars Wow! so that's the way I went to Israel hmm. you know and, and I didn't have the money to do that but God just provided how did, how did you play golf in Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> well you know because golf in Hawaii I, is like three hundred dollars uh, that was another deal uh, I found out that that the locals could go for about 50 bucks. <laughs> but, uh, He's like, hey, man. But this is- <laughs> <laughs> he was from Jamaica. That's what he did. That's been a long time ago. But, uh, I can't remember how I worked it out, but I got it worked out. Yeah. Uh, but God's just been so good to me. I mean, really, he has. Yeah. Most of the time when I went on vacation, I always went on vacations. Every summer I went on vacation. But, you know, I'd have three months off from teaching school, and then I'd work somewhere 
for two months, and then I'd have the money to go on a vacation mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's been one of the things that that my family, we remember all those vacations. We yeah, it's important because, you know, I have this young man that works for me, and he's never been out of his neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he doesn't understand what the rest of the world is doing yeah. or, you know, his opportunities. Yeah. You know, there's more opportunity for anybody outside their neighborhood, but if you never make that journey outside yeah. of your known area, uh, you really don't know how big this world is and the yeah. opportunities that, that God has given us. So, yeah. I mean, it's so, so important to, for because you do that, now James is able to, because his dad did it, yeah. and then, you know, he's able yeah. to travel around and know different well, areas and stuff. So. It's those are things that you remember, you know. Yeah. It's crazy how many places I've been. Yeah. yeah. I was, I've, you, I've talked about that with people before, where yeah. I have friends, and they're like, yeah, I've never been outside of the state or whatever. And they go, you ever been outside of the state? And I'm like, dude, I've been. <laughs> I've been on how many continents have I? I've been yeah. on like three or four continents. I've yeah. been all over the place, yeah. and it's crazy. And I don't, I don't have a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah, in my family exactly. has a bunch of money. Exactly. We just have. But I'm going. Uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going to, to Hawaii in two weeks. Yeah. Look out. Yeah, we, I'm, just, I'm, we just planned our Hawaii trip. Look at that. That's our Hawaii trip right there. Yeah. Wow. Look at those numbers. How about they that? They are big. <laughs> Goodness gracious! I didn't know a Hawaii going, trip would cost so much. Yeah. We're going uh, on a, a cruise. To Alaska, I've, I've been on a cruise to Alaska. I don't know, six, seven times. I, I just love that cruise. But I always looking at uh, at vacations to go, you know, and they have things on there, thirty uh, percent off, fifty percent yeah. off. The mm-hmm. six. And I found one here a few months ago, ninety two percent off. <laughs> Going to uh, well, Alaska. Does, does the room not have plumbing in it, or no, so? what's the deal? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a cruise without a boat. Yeah, ninety-two <laughs> percent off, and it's on Norwegian. That's one of that's the, the one that's you one like. Of the though. top ones, you know. That's the uh, older people. And cruises. I thought, man, I'd like to do. I'd like to go on that. And, so was uh, it really ninety-two percent off? Well, just well, the, the problem. The problem was it, that they jacked the price. Yeah. Up, <laughs> Jacked but it up it was to ten thousand dollars off of the ten thousand dollars was a regular price. That's so funny. I just so said it was still that. A, <laughs> a it was a thousand, but the regular price on, on any other cruise ship might be two or three thousand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So still it was a still deal. a really a good deal, and uh, but it was still two thousand dollars plus. Then you have to you have to get there, you know, mm-hmm. and so forth. So it's going to be about three thousand dollars, and. Uh, about that time, unexpectedly, <laughs> uh, the school, you know, I, I get a little retirement check from the school uh, since I worked there for 15 years. And uh, uh, unexpectedly, they send me a check for $6,000. Hey, back go. pay or something, you know, some uh, I think all the old recalculations, retired, yeah, retired school teachers got it, but I didn't know I was getting anything, you know. Man. And anyway, so I had the money to pay for the trip. God just does things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll say one thing I've gotten from this uh, conversation is if you're trying to raise money for something, I think it's very helpful for the people to feel like they're getting something Mm -hmm. as opposed to just just giving you money. So like when you – so you just described your cruise there. You know, you get 92% off. It still costs you money, but you're feeling good because you got – a deal. Oh, I got a real uh, deal. When you start talking about the bonds, me and David said, "Hey, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like that." 
Yeah. You know, we have things like we have a bake sale or something. We have if you have some kind of fundraiser where the person's yeah. getting something, I think yeah. they're a lot more likely to give the money as opposed to just being like, "Hey, please give me some money." Oh yeah, for this. The, the church bonds were were really a, a blessing to us, but the bank wouldn't lend us any money. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the church. But that had to be God too, because you're not going to give your money to a church that you don't think is going to be able to get pay yeah. you back. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be somebody you got trust in, and that's one of the things that I I'm glad I was able to do is uh, people believed in me. If I said we'll get it back to you, yeah. They believe Ron Nissen's gonna come through with that. He ain't gonna. He's not gonna, uh, you know, leave in five years here. Yeah, because yeah. I just looked at church bonds. We were talking about a while ago, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, it's, it's church bonds a safe investment. And this says uh, there's no guarantees to recover the entire investment. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You know. That's right. Yeah. So it's almost like uh, you know you're in in good faith. You're giving a uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving an offering, and you, you might or might not get it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you got to be careful with your church bonds. But I could tell you all about that because I know all about it. But uh, anyway, you got to make sure that the church is solid. You know. Right. It's gonna going to be able to pay you back. It's not one of these new pop-up churches. And, yeah, you know, somebody's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but my thing was, like, you know, I'm a person given to the church. I'm excited about yeah. that 6%, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just a dumb bake sale or something. Like, right. hey, I like cookies. Yeah. I'll yeah. take a cookie. Take yeah. something, yeah. And, you know, that's what this generation, your generation. Yeah, your they generation, want something. They want something for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my... Uh, you know, back in our days, when our kids would go to school, they would have that uh, they would, uh, a penny a mile or, or a quarter a mile, or whatever. Yeah. You used to pledge to that, right? Yeah. Now you do that in school, and they're like, "Mijo, I'm not doing this. You need to go out there and do that for free." Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if you have like a a, a winner, you know, thing that you have, you have all these games and different things, and you go buy tickets for. Yeah. The same family will pay. I'm not. I did the Mexican accent, but that's just because <laughs> that's, I'm not picking on Mexicans. That's what I would tell my kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, they'll, they'll go spend $150 on tickets yeah. because the chance of them getting something back. Right. You know? So it, they, we look at things a little bit different from the way we used to to now. So if you could get a little cookie back or you could get a, a, a point or two back on something, then mm-hmm. you were more likely to, uh, to more likely to give. So <laughs> my papa was looking at his watch. He's, he's got hey, two man, minutes. My wife, no, he uh, ain't looking at his watch. Line. He's showing us right. his watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right though. He got about he's a like, minute and a half. It's a lot as a war. I got to go. <laughs> Do you know where you're going to lunch today, Papa? I'm probably going over to, uh, the El Polacino. Told you oh, the enchiladas. <laughs> told you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All, All right, right. We appreciate you coming in the last couple of weeks. I know this is a lot of good information for for me and everybody out there listening. And we really value the, the things that you've been through and the words that you've given to us. So, so thank sure. you. All, All right. And we love you. <laughs>